Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. What's up, everybody? You are listening to another episode of Life in English, number 50, to be exact. I am your host, Tony Kazin, and if you've been listening to the show for a while now, you're probably wondering, what the fuck, Tony? Where you been, bro? Right? So I'm here to tell you, my friends. Hope everything is good with you. I know it's been a while. Uh, Been working and studying quite a bit, and to be honest, I just put the podcast on the back burner. All right. Now, what does that mean? The back burner, when we when we put something on the back burner, basically what that means is we put it closer to the bottom of our list of priorities. Right. Um, You kind of put it in the back of your mind. It's just uh, you leave it for later. It's like, ah, put it on the back burner. I'll get to it eventually. You know what I mean? And you just focus on other stuff. So that's been the podcast for the past month, and I just, I don't know, I realized, like, shit, man, it's been way too long, I can't, uh, I can't keep going like this, you know what I mean, I gotta make time for my podcast! So here I am, you know, and I thought since it's episode 50, I'm kinda weird about round numbers, and round numbers are, um, actually I don't really know the definition, cause in my mind, a round number Is anything divisible by two? But I don't know if that's the true definition. But like fives and tens and fifties and hundreds, those numbers, I don't know, just feel significant to me. So since it's episode 50, I thought I would do a talking about nothing number two. Because believe it or not, um, in terms of like downloads and popularity, the, the first episode talking about nothing is still one of the most popular and one of the most downloaded. Why? I have absolutely no idea, my friend. Maybe because it's like the first episode available on podcast platforms, even though I think that's actually episode number five. There's maybe three or four episodes that are not available on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcast because I did them on YouTube. But anyway, it's a pretty popular episode. Maybe it's just the title or because it's the first. I don't know. But 
again, since this is episode 50, hopefully you're still with me at these two minutes and almost 30 seconds. I just thought I'd do another one, you know, do a quick update, say what's up, see how you're doing, you know, and just talk about whatever comes to mind for a few minutes, man. I don't plan on making this episode very long, so um, I guess we'll just get right into it, man. First, like I said, you might have been wondering where I was all this time, and like I said, I've been working a lot, studying a lot, you know what I'm saying, trying to make some changes in my life. So I just, uh, you know, wasn't dedicating too much time to the podcast, but I haven't forgot about it. I haven't forgotten about it. Excuse me. And uh, now I think it's really time to get back to it. And speaking about the direction for the podcast these days, I'm really trying to focus on getting better at communication, particularly like my ability to be concise, you know. So I'm thinking in terms of the future of this podcast, trying to make much shorter episodes still with, you know, good content, let's say, or, you know, um, really thinking through the content of the episode, but just not going on and on and on, you know, because I think the mark of a great communicator is being able to get your point across, or in other words, illustrate your point or say what you mean in a clear but quick way, and then just shut the fuck up, you know, that's a goal of mine in life, not just for the podcast, but just in general, because I like to talk, I like to make conversation with people, but at the same time, I think we've all talked to, you know, some people where they just, they just won't stop talking, you know, they just won't stop, and just, and you're like, man, is there an off switch on this fucking thing, you know what I mean, I don't want to be that person, I'm sure I've been that person, and many times in my life, and I just uh, want to put an end to that, you know. So yeah, I want to aim to make much more concise episodes. And the good thing about that is uh, it's more attractive to you, I imagine. Some people don't care about the length of an episode, but I know me personally, unless it's something I'm super interested in, I'm not going to click on a video or start a podcast if it's like 90 minutes, you know. Or I have to listen to it in parts. And if I have to listen to it in parts, there's a higher chance I'm not going to finish it, you know. I like those, not bite-sized, but just concise material. You know what I mean? Don't got time to waste just because somebody felt like talking for an extra 30 fucking minutes. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, aim to be concise. Especially, I mean, in terms of learning this language, English, or any language that you want to learn in the future. It's not necessarily about having the most extensive vocabulary, or even if you do, even if that is your goal, knowing how or when to use all of those words, I think is even more important, because communication is communication, regardless of whatever language you're speaking in, right? It could be English, Japanese, French, Swahili, it doesn't matter. If you suck at communication, you could speak 10 languages and not be productive with any of them, right? So I would say if you're struggling, especially if you're like on an intermediate level as a language learner, I would say one thing that might be holding you back is you don't understand communication in general. A lot of people spend so much time thinking, you know, how can I learn more words? How can I learn more slang? How can I learn more expressions to sound like a native speaker? And I guess that's important, you know, not to me, but uh, I know that's important to a lot of people. 
For me, what's even more important is how can I become a better communicator? So even with my limited vocabulary, I can get my point across and people can understand what I'm really trying to say. That's more important because at the end of the day, what do we use language for? To communicate our thoughts, feelings, ideas, right? So if you can't communicate, you're going to go nowhere very fast. So something to think about. Hopefully that wasn't a very, very long-winded thought that I just shared with you. And when I say long-winded, we say, uh, how can I explain long-winded to you? It just means a thought or an idea that took a very, very, very long time to express. And when you think of wind, like, you can think of a person's breath, the air that goes in and out of a person's body. So when I say something is long-winded, when I'm talking, I'm technically exhaling because the breath is leaving my body. So it just took a very long time for me to get that thought out of my brain and out of my body. So, you know, I'm probably doing a very bad job of explaining that but long-winded just means takes a long time to say what you have to say it's not very common to hear the opposite which is short-winded i would say concise would be the opposite you know so you can say concise for somebody that's good at expressing a thought in a very short but clear way and then the opposite would be verbose which means you use a lot of words to say something or you're very long-winded which means you talk a lot just to say you know one or two things all right um, man, you know the difficulty doing these talking about nothings? I know this is only number two, but I really almost didn't want to do it because I've gotten so used to like preparing notes or even a script for the episodes, like taking time to think about what I want to say. And for me, that's great because I don't waste a lot of time just talking about nothing. I feel like it's a pain in the ass to sit here and listen to me talk about nothing. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Maybe it's a pleasure for you. I don't know. But that's the direction that I want to go in uh, with this podcast. Try to make much more concise episodes, explore a bigger range of topics. Sometimes I just, I mean, I have a lot of ideas written down. Some of them, I don't know, just not interested in at the moment. So if you feel like maybe you, a dedicated listener, first of all, shout out to you. I got love for you. If you're a dedicated listener, you're listening to the show all the time and you feel like, man, I really wish Tony would talk about this or talk about that. Please don't hesitate, man. Send me a message on Instagram uh, at English with Kaizen. Again, that's English with Kaizen. Find me on Instagram. Send me a message, man. Make some recommendations and uh, I'll take them into considerations and we'll get this thing going in the right situations. You dig what I'm laying? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? No? All right. Uh, what else did I want to talk about today? Quitting, that's, yeah, which is totally related to this podcast, because during this month, um, I don't know, I'm not going to lie, I thought about quitting the, you know, the production of the podcast a few times, simply because I knew I was procrastinating, like taking more and more time to prepare a new episode, and I was just like, man, I'm doing so many other things, working and study-wise, and um, I was just like, eh, you know, it's been a long time since I've done an episode. People are probably going to stop listening. I should just, you know, walk away from it. And when I say walk away from it, I don't mean physically. 
it's kind of just an expression that we have that means to quit, right? You're working on this thing, you have this project. So if you imagine physically walking away from it, it means you distance yourself from it. You don't think about it anymore. You don't work on it. That's what I mean. So I thought about walking away from the podcast a couple of times, but then I was like, eh, I, I, I like it, you know, I actually like producing the episodes. It's cool. And I've gotten some some pretty good feedback from it as well. So it's like, eh, why stop? And another thing, which is really curious, is that the month of August, I didn't release one episode, not a single episode. And there was more downloads in the month of August than the month of July and the month of June. I mean, that's really curious. You know what I'm saying? So obviously, even though I wasn't releasing episodes, somebody's listening to the shit. So I, th- I figured, you know. Uh, might as well keep on going, man. Just make the time to do it. No excuses, right? And that made me think about people in general, about skills in general, projects in general. How do you know when it's time to walk away from something, right? It's not easy to know this, especially if you don't have like a mentor, you don't have friends you can talk to or family or just somebody that you can bounce your ideas off of and it's just you. You don't really know, is this something I should just change my strategy, if I should just try harder, or if this is really something I should not be doing, you know? So how do you know when to quit? Because quit is kind of like a dirty word, right? If you quit something, people look at it in a really negative way, like, oh, you gave up, you're a bitch, you know what I'm saying? You you should have tried harder, you're weak, you know what I mean? You just didn't have the character or the perseverance or or whatever. It's like a dirty word if you tell somebody, I quit this thing. It's disappointing, you know? But I think it depends on your reason for quitting, right? Like if you're in a shitty relationship and you know it's not going anywhere, you've tried and you tried and you tried for months or even years, I don't see any problem with quitting if you know or you at least, you at least have, you know, a very strong feeling that your life is going to improve by walking away from this relationship. Is quitting bad in that situation? I don't think so. I could be wrong. But I don't know. So in terms of like language, for example, something that's much more related to you listening to this right now. How do you know when to quit or give up on a language? Right? I was talking to a guy, one of my students actually, last week. And um, he was saying he was just feeling really you know, unmotivated and discouraged and he was thinking about quitting because it was just too hard to learn English, man. He didn't feel like he was making a lot of progress. But one thing to keep in mind is uh, the fact that he doesn't practice every day. Also, the fact he's been learning for just a few months, you know. So I just in that particular case, I just tried to tell him, like, listen, man, it's, it's a part of the process, you know. Learning any language, I think, is hard. Especially if it's your first foreign language. So I think if you understand the learning process, it kind of takes a lot of that pressure off of yourself. A lot of that, how can I say, you're able to set better expectations for yourself. You know what I mean? Because sometimes you might jump into a situation or a project or, you know, you might set a goal for yourself without understanding the process you have to go through to achieve that goal. And then you're kind of just setting yourself up for failure or for quitting too early you know what i'm saying so i think that's important so for you listening to this i would ask 
you the same question. And again, hit me up on Instagram if you have, you know, an opinion or an answer to the question. How do you know when it's time to quit? Because sometimes it really is a case of just changing your strategy, just trying harder, you know, giving 10 more percent. Right. Other times it's like, ah, maybe maybe I should not in terms of language. I don't know if you should ever quit when it comes to language. I think you should really think about why you're going to learn the language before you start. Have a good reason for doing it, because if you don't have a good reason, you know, there is a high chance you're going to quit, especially if it's a super difficult language like, you know, Arabic or Mandarin or Russian or something like that. Really complex languages or difficult to learn languages. If you don't have a good reason, there's a high chance you're going to quit regardless, you know, especially if you can't find real people to practice with on a regular basis that make it fun for you and stuff like that, you know, so something to think about but language in general i don't know if you should quit man i think it really is a question of just trying harder and it doesn't have to be a miserable process you know a lot of people are constantly looking for the secret or the best way or the fastest way to learn a language you know with the the least amount of effort and stuff like that but i don't think that's what you should be looking for i think you should be looking for the right people to teach you really Learning a language isn't necessarily a question of the best study tactics because everybody does the same shit. You read articles, you translate things, you listen to music, you watch series with or without subtitles. Um, You know, you listen to podcasts like this one, maybe. Everybody does the same stuff, man. There's no secret on what you need to do to get exposed to the language. You need to expose yourself to the fucking language, man. Just consume it as much as possible every single day right there's no secret there but for some reason people are still like paying course instructors as if there's some kind of secret that that english teachers have that nobody else has you know just buy my two thousand dollar course and i'll teach you how to learn english in 90 days you stupid motherfucker (laughs) it doesn't make sense i mean it makes sense because a lot of people are just lazy, but it doesn't make sense to me if you understand learning. Also, if you understand language, bro, like how did you learn your first language? Think about it. You were a baby. You weren't in school. You were with your parents or your grandparents, your brothers and sisters, your uncles, your cousins, your friends, whatever. Everybody's speaking this language all the time. You naturally are going to pick this language up that you're hearing all the time. It's just it's natural. That's why babies can speak before they go to school, right? I could be wrong. I'm not an expert on these things, but that just seems like common sense. So why do people, why do we look for some alternative secret, you know, super innovative method for learning the second or the third or the fourth language? Just do the same thing you did when you learned the first one, my friend, and you will be just fine. So in that case, I think the real challenge learning any language is finding somebody to practice with, finding a good language exchange partner, because most people are fucking terrible at making conversation. Most people are fucking terrible at listening. So it's extremely difficult to find a good partner. Right. And I'm not just talking about other people. You have to look at yourself as well. Maybe you are a very shitty communicator. Maybe you are terrible at making conversation. Like, if you have a hard time making good, meaningful conversation in your native language, it's probably, 
probably going to be very difficult to do the same thing in a foreign language. And I can only say that from experience because I learn languages just making conversation with people. I like talking to people. I'm very curious, you know. So if you can if you can kind of cultivate that aspect of yourself, you might have much more success when looking for a language exchange partner, you know. And I definitely think you should look for a language exchange partner before you think about paying a private teacher. Obviously, it depends on your goals. Like if you're learning a language for business or for your job, you probably need something more focused somebody that can really correct your grammar mistakes your writing skills your speaking pronunciation etc but if it's just for like traveling just to make friends or if you don't need you know perfect language skills bruh, just just look for a friend you know it's easier to say it than it is to do it it's easier said than done as we say but that would be my number one recommendation to anybody even my students even people that come to me wanting to take classes I give them all the resources I can to do it themselves for free. And if they need my help, I'm here. You know, that's the way I think about it anyway. So the original question was, how do you know when to quit? I kind of just went on a doozy there. But that is still, I think, a valid question. How do you know? Because sometimes you just need to change your tactics. Other times you really need to walk away from that shit. And I think asking your or clearly communicating to yourself why you're doing something before you start and also kind of setting some type of benchmark so that you can measure your progress i think those are the two keys in terms of knowing when to quit because if you know why you're doing it and you have a strong reason for doing it before you start there's a there's a much lower chance i think of quitting in the middle when it does get hard and it's going to get hard number two If you have a way to measure your progress on a daily or a weekly or even a monthly or yearly basis, you can see, you can clearly see what I'm doing is working or what I'm doing is not working. And if it's not working, then maybe you can just change your tactics and then set a new way to measure your progress, do it for a few more weeks or months or years, and then make another assessment. Is this working? And then if you've tried everything under the sun, every tactic strategy possible everyone and it's still not working for you then maybe you should ask yourself am i wasting my time is this really worth it you know those kind of questions then i think is valid to ask yourself but if you've tried just one thing or it's been you know two or three months and you're not fluent in english and you're ready to give up i don't know my friend it's probably not the right time to quit in my humble opinion you know But again, something you got to decide. The choice is yours, as they say. I think I might talk with a British accent for a bit. What do you think? It's quite hard. I don't think I've done a British accent. Did I say accent? A British accent on the podcast before. But I quite like it, you know. I quite like the British accent. It's quite beautiful. It's a bit different, a bit peculiar. You know what I mean? But it's quite nice. It's a bit different. Than the American accent, right? Got a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of style to it. I think I'm mixing a bit of Australian in, 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 in the British, but that's okay. Just playing around here. Yeah, that's that was fucking terrible. <laughs> I'm going to try it in the future, though. I might do in one episode just 100% 
British accent. I'm going to do some practice for a few weeks, see if I can uh see if I can get to a respectable level. But anyway, another thing that's been on my mind a lot lately. I mean a lot is investing. Are you investing? What is investing? You might ask yourself. You might be asking me. Investing at its core, I believe, is putting time, effort, and or money into something with the intentions of getting a return on your time, effort, or money. But a lasting return, you know, a recurring return, return, return. That probably was a terrible definition and explanation, but let me give you an example. The most common examples would be like the stock market, for example. I said example 15 times in the last 10 seconds, but that's all right because we're talking about nothing. The stock market. You buy a fraction of a company, right? Let's say you buy one share or one fraction of a company for $100, and in 10 years, that $100 is worth $1,000, right? Um, that's a form of investment. You put up 100 and without you doing anything, it grows, it multiplies into a thousand. You get a return on the money that you invested. Another form, my favorite form, the one that gets me excited and keeps me up at night, is real estate. Now, what is real estate, Tony? That's an excellent question, my friend. Real estate at its core is the buying and selling, or let's say the buying and selling, the purchase and sale. Yeah, the purchase and sale of physical property. That could be houses, apartment buildings, it could be commercial buildings, doesn't really matter. Structures, right? Buildings on land. That's real estate. Why they call it that, I have absolutely no idea. But that's what we call it in English, you know? And that is the type of investment that gets me really excited. Now, in the future, I plan to do some episodes about a few books related to investment, you know, mindset, money, finance, and things like that. Because it's super important, man. And one of those books that changed my life, changed millions of people's lives around the world, is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And this book was a game changer for many people. Because it kind of, it opens our eyes, opened, I guess, <laughs> our eyes to like a lot of problems that we have when it comes to learning about money, managing money, talking about money, the way we use our money and stuff like that. And how a lot of times being rich or poor is not about how much money you have, but your mentality, you know, that's really what separates rich people from poor people. That's what I think. Anyway, it's a really good book. So, um, like I was saying, what was I saying? Investment. It's really important. Are you investing? You know what I'm saying? I think uh, there's one thing you could take from this year is that anything could happen at any time, right? And uh, it's good to have some type of security, especially financial security, right? So, taking some time, even if it's 30 minutes a day... 30 minutes a week to learn about money, how it works, and how to make it work for you. I think that's uh, crucial. If your goal in life is to be independent, if your goal in life, you know, is to be able to do the things that you really want to do and not just things that you have to do, I feel like that freedom is something you have to buy. And although that sounds strange, the good news is you can buy it. You know what I'm saying? 
So what do I mean? Maybe you don't understand. What do I mean when I say you need to buy your freedom? Well, most of us throughout life, we have to work because we need to eat, pay bills, we need a house, etc., etc. So we go to a job and we give our time to a company, to a boss, to a corporation in exchange for money. We use that money to pay for everything that we need. Now, if we stop exchanging our time at this place or this place decides that they no longer want our time, now we have no money. Right. So basically, we're we're 100 percent dependent on this job, on this business, on this corporation, allowing us to exchange our time for money. Unless you work for yourself, and even in that case, you're probably exchanging your time for money, except you're investing that time into yourself, and you have the choice to reinvest the money that you make back into the business to make it grow. And of course, you can create systems and build teams and all that after the fact, you know, so that you can still run your business without dedicating all your time to it. But the point is the same, like we're trading time for money. We have to work to get the money to be able to do stuff that we need and stuff that we want. But there's another there's another option, right? Another there's an alternative, let's say. It doesn't even have to be an alternative. You can do both. You can work and invest at the same time. Maybe you love your job and it's not a problem, right? Maybe you love what you do. You don't want to quit and just go lay on the beach for the next six months, right? But at some point you're gonna want to stop working, or at some point you're gonna want to take a nice vacation and two weeks is not gonna be enough, or your boss isn't gonna give you that extra day. A vacation, even though you've been working for him for 10 years. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that just happens. So I think there's cases where, you know, you consider like, man, if I didn't need the money, I would say, fuck this job. Right? What's my point? I don't even know what my point is anymore. (laughs) My point is, goddammit, that the idea of buying your freedom, I just think about it this way. Until... You are financially free to do what you want. You're pretty much a slave to the dollar or peso or payao or yen, whatever currency you use in your country. You're a slave to money because you have to, you must work for this money to continue surviving, right? But depending on a business that you create or the investments that you make, you can make enough money to where even if you don't go to work tomorrow or the next day or the next day or next week or next month, you're still going to make enough money to pay for all your necessities. A house, electricity, gas, water, food, you know, health care, clothing, gas, transportation, stuff like that. Once you have all that paid without getting out of bed, now you are at financial freedom. At least level one financial freedom. You have bought your freedom. You have enough money. To literally do whatever you want. And that, to me, is freedom. You can do whatever the fuck you want, whenever the fuck you want. So you've created a system, a business, or you've created an investment that generates enough money for you to be able to do whatever the fuck you want. You have bought your freedom. That's the idea. So until that happens, you're not really free, right? And the good news is you can buy your freedom. I can't, I mean, I can already hear, like, the... The, the feedback from some people it's like it's easy for you to say man it's easy for you to say man you're in america man 
You're in a rich country, man. You don't know what it's like, man. All right. <laughs> I guess. Maybe you're right, my friend. Maybe you're right. But I don't think so. Anyway, the point is, in the future, I plan to talk more about finance, investing, financial freedom, and things like that, because it's really important to me. I've been thinking about it a lot lately, taking it much more seriously. And it's something that I feel like a lot of people never ask themselves, and a lot of people never get asked that by other people. Like, maybe your parents never talked about money or investment, because they don't know about the shit. Your friends aren't interested in that type of stuff. They're on fucking Instagram and TikTok and talking about the latest Netflix series, you know, um, it's not something that you're forced to learn in school. So it's natural, right? A lot of times you go 18, 20, 30, maybe even 40 or 50 years without thinking, shit, maybe I should invest some money. Maybe I should understand how rich people become rich and then stay rich. Maybe that's something I should look into, you know, a lot of times that thought just doesn't enter your mind, you know, and that's why you got to talk to people. Right. Everybody is involved in something or know something that you don't. So just by being curious and open minded and talking to people, they expose you to new ideas, new career choices. You know what I'm saying? New ways of thinking like like you just get exposed. You know what I mean? Not all exposure is good exposure. I think Man, I could be wrong. But there's, you know, there's some exposure that maybe you don't necessarily want. But at the same time, I don't think it's the exposure that's the problem. It's how you react to the exposure, right? Because even if you're exposed to something bad or detrimental, something horrible, as long as you have the mental fortitude and consciousness, let's say, to not get involved in it, then it's okay. But you know it exists, right? You know the danger. I think it's better than not knowing. What the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> oh, man. Talking about nothing. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, Another thing I wanted to talk about. This will probably be the last thing because it's 32 minutes already. Another thing I've been thinking about a lot lately is long distance relationships. I've been thinking about this for a few reasons. um, But that's not important. The point is, I've been thinking about it, and I think long-distance relationships get a bad rap. They have a bad reputation, you know, because it's it's just extremely difficult. Some people even say impossible. In the past, I even said impossible, you know, Um, but I know some people right now, some of my students, uh, friends, let's say, are in long-distance relationships as well. And just having had that experience myself, and also now being able to hear about the experience of other people, it seems to me that long-distance relationships are difficult, but they're very interesting. They're very unique. It's a unique kind of relationship, you know? And although it may seem impossible, or it may seem miserable for many reasons, I don't think it's impossible. It's just fucking difficult. It's really difficult, but there are a lot of benefits that I'd like to talk about. Number one is you spend a lot of time talking. A lot of time talking. That's all you do. That's all you do. I mean, you can't do anything else. You know what I mean? Because you're literally across the country or across the world and you can't. 
be physically with the person. You can't touch them, hug them, kiss them, have sex with them. You can't go to lunch with them. You can't, you know, stay in and watch Netflix. None of that. You can't do these things. Just can't. Right? So what do you have? You have phone calls. You have video chats, which are nice. I think it's always better than a phone call. The closest thing possible to, you know, the real thing, let's say, for lack of a better term. And in that case, what do you have? You can see each other on a video chat, but what do you do? You talk. I guess you got phone sex or like video chat sex. That's possible. And just in case you don't know, maybe you're asking what the fuck is phone sex? Phone sex is basically, how can I describe this? Let's imagine it's you and your girl or you and your boyfriend, whatever. And you guys are not in the same place. You're just on the phone. You know, you start saying those things to each other. You know, you start to get horny. Or in other words, you start to get those sexual arousals. You start to get those sexual uh, desires and impulses. You want to fuck, right? But you can't, you know. Your girl is on the other side of the world. Your boyfriend is across the country or something like that. So you guys are on the phone, you know, talking that talk to each other. And you kind of just like masturbate while you're on the phone. And you say dirty shit to each other, you know. Imagining that the person was actually there. What is masturbating? Maybe you're asking that. Masturbating is the, the act of sexually pleasing oneself, right? So if you got a penis, you're, you're stroking your penis. You might have heard the term jacking off before. <laughs> and if you're a woman, right, if you have a vagina, then, you know, you might be fingering yourself or stimulating your clitoris, right? That's masturbation. So you do that while you're on the phone with your significant other. And that's phone sex, right? A form of sexual activity over the phone. And now with video chat, you can do all types of shit, right? But getting back to the point, it's uh, still distant. You're not in the same place. So what do you have? You have conversation. You just talk and talk and talk and talk. And it becomes clear quite quickly, I think, if this is a person that you can talk to on a regular basis or not. Is this a person that you can make conversation with on a regular basis or not? You know, and the fact that you, I mean, at least in my experience and the experience of all the people I know in long distance relationships, you're talking every day, at least an hour. You know what I'm saying? Because if it's a serious relationship, you're probably going to dedicate some time to it. I imagine 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, sometimes I've been on the phone for six, seven, eight, ten hours before. I shit you not. Been on the phone with 10 hours. Been on the phone for 10 hours before. Just talking. You know, and if you can't do that, if you can't spend, you know, even just an hour, 10 hours is maybe extreme for some people, but even just an hour, you can't sit on the phone for an hour doing nothing else, not scrolling on Instagram, not looking at videos on YouTube, not answering text messages, literally just sit down for an hour and talk to this person. Maybe that's not the person that you want to be with, you know what I'm saying? I could be wrong. Everybody's different, but that's not the person I want to be with, you know? And you find that in a long distance relationship much more quickly, I think, because when it's when you're when it's not long distance, when you live in the same city, you can see each other on a regular basis. There's all these other things 
that are not distractions, but I'm going to call them distractions just to prove my point. You have all these other distractions, right? You can have sex. You can you can go out. You can go to the park. You can, you know, stay in and watch movies. You can just do all these other things that are not focused specifically or solely on conversation, communication. Because sometimes communication has nothing to do with conversation. Sometimes it's a physical thing or a gesture or a facial expression. You know, it's all that is communication, too. I feel like I'm losing my train of thought. But the point I'm trying to make is you have all this other stuff that you can do with that person when you live in the same city. When you're not in the same city, when you're across the world, you can just talk. There's nothing else, man. So you're forced to just make conversation. And naturally, you're going to explore all these different ideas. And all you're doing when you stop and think about it, when you're on the phone, talking to your girlfriend or your boyfriend, whatever, for hours and hours, you just have your headphones in or your the phone is to your ear. You're like inside that person's brain for hours every day. You get to hear how that person really thinks. You get to hear about that person's experiences, you know, their fears, their desires, you know, what excites them, what bores them, what the fuck irritates them. You get to learn this person very, you know, on a an intimate level, but the person itself or him or herself, you know what I'm saying? Like all the other stuff is kind of moves to the side. The physical aspect is not a factor. It's a factor. But when you're having a conversation, it's not. It's just conversation. You, your brain, your mind, and that person's mind having an interaction. No distractions. You know, so you really get to figure out, is this somebody I want to be with? Is this somebody I could talk to every day? Is this somebody I could live with every day? You know what I'm saying? So that's one benefit. And I feel like... I said the same thing five or six times, but I hope I made my point. Is that's one benefit to a long distance relationship is you're forced to focus on the most important thing, which is the relationship. Because, you know, man, there's a lot of relationships that are only surviving until today. It's only a relationship until today because they can fuck because you can have sex. I mean, if you're an adult, you've probably been in a relationship like that. I know I have, you know. It's just the sex or it's just like, I don't know, the physical company or it's just something to do when there's nothing else to do. Or the fact that all this other stuff is involved and it's not just conversation. It helps. You don't see the person every day. Maybe you don't talk to the person every day. That helps. But if you're forced to communicate with them, really communicate with them every day, I don't know. You learn a lot more about what relationships really are. And what's really important in a relationship, I think, which is communication. And that's another benefit is you really get to see how good or shitty your communication skills are. And the same thing about the other person, because all you have is communication. You must learn how to communicate effectively with this person because all you have is communication. That's it. And you're going to fight. You're going to have arguments. You need to be able to figure out how to communicate because there's things that you cannot do in an argument when you're across the world all those physical things that you do during an argument i don't mean physically hit each other all right even if that's your thing some people you know anyway communication it's super important and that becomes like increasingly clear in a long distance relationship now, i understand it's difficult like the lack of 
sexual activity, I mean, I guess that's a big factor for a lot of people, you know what I mean, but, I don't know, the the lack of physical presence in general, not being able to just lay down on a Sunday and watch a movie, or go out to the park, you know, and spend time with the person you love, it's like, of course, it's extremely difficult, man, of course, and that's another thing, is like, you have to figure out where the relationship is going. And that, I guess that's the point in general I'm trying to make is you take it much more seriously, I think. I could be wrong. Maybe you take it just as seriously. But when it's long distance, it's like you're investing so much time and energy into communicating with this person on a daily basis that you have to take it seriously and you have to decide, is this really worth my time? And do I really have the intention of being with this person one day? Because if not, what the fuck am I doing? I'm wasting my time. It's not like, you know, I'm fucking this person and at least I get the sex. It's not like, you know, I get a friend that I get to spend, comp- you know, have company or spend time with. Nothing like that. So it's like, what are, what are we doing? What are we doing? Hopefully it doesn't sound like I'm saying a relationship is all about sex. That's not my point. It's just that what is the benefit if we're, you know, not taking this seriously and we're not even in the same city. We don't even see each other. You know? So you just take it more seriously, I think. You must. It's an obligation because if not, it's like you're really just wasting your time. You get no return, no benefit whatsoever, you know? I don't know. I don't know, man. I should have thought about this before talking about it. But again, just talking about nothing. And we're at 43 minutes, bro. This is probably going to be the worst episode I've done in a while. But fuck it. Long distance relationships, man. They're not impossible. They're just fucking difficult. But if you find somebody that's worth it, it can be great because, like, if again, if you're taking it seriously and you really have intentions and you're making plans and you're making the efforts to be with that person one day, move to that country or do everything you can to help them move to your country, for example, I think it can be a great thing because you've already spent so much time really communicating and, and figuring out who that person is how to communicate with them, how to be with them, what's important to them, the way they think and all these things. So now when you're together, of course it can go completely wrong. I don't know. Maybe living together is something completely different. I don't know. But I feel like once you've kind of gotten all those things figured out from a distance, you just have such a higher chance of being together forever once you're actually physically together, living in the same house. You know what I mean? I just feel like you would understand the person so much better, you know. And maybe the same is true if if it was, you know, a relationship and it's not long distance and you get to know each other the same way over the same amount of time, then you live together and everything's great. I'm just saying that when it's long distance, you're forced to focus on what's really important. When it's not long distance, you have no obligation to do that. I think. And of course it comes with its challenges, right? There's there's trust, which is a huge part, you know, and this one is it's hard to make this argument because, you know, there could be trust issues in a traditional relationship that's not long distance. Like your girlfriend could be fucking half the city and y'all live in the same city and you have no idea. The same way if it's long distance they could be cheating on you. I understand that. But the just the fact that it's long distance and you can't just go to that person's house you never see this person you never really know what's going on it can create insecurity trust issues and that can have a really you know 
it can weigh on the relationship, right? It's difficult. You know, the lack of physical presence is another thing that's difficult for a lot of people. Because, you, I mean, you want somebody there with you. You know what I'm saying? When it's long distance, sometimes you feel like you're in a relationship with your phone. You know, it's like you know there's another person on the other side, but you just communicate through the phone or through the computer always you know and that can be really difficult as well i think and also the uncertainty of whether or not you guys are actually gonna be together one day all right you'd say oh it'd be nice i love it this idea i want to be with you but if one of you can't move or the other one can't move then what you know so that that fear that insecurity i think creeps into the mind from time to time the fear that it won't work because of the distance, like, you know, I don't want to wait two years or five years or ten fucking years in this long distance relationship just to finally be with you. I don't know, man. I'm not saying these are valid points, they're just doubts. They're doubts, natural doubts, I think, in a long distance relationship, you know. I don't know, man. I might do an episode about the topic because I feel like I need to to develop my thoughts and opinions about it really consider a long distance relationship in depth and then talk about it i really don't feel like i'm making any points here i feel like the past 47 minutes i haven't made any points but that's okay just talking about nothing it'll be a long time before i do another episode like this (laughs) oh it even feels uncomfortable like i I don't know if i said this earlier but just i got into the, the habit of preparing before i turn on the microphone and the fact that I'm not prepared and I'm listening to myself just like talk about nothing it's like bro shut the fuck up you know but if you're still with me hopefully you've enjoyed yourself a little bit of entertainment if nothing else but I guess it's my time I'm gonna get out of here again if you're with me until this point thank you for your time thank you for your attention thank you for listening to me talk about absolutely nothing this has been another episode of life in english i'm your host tony kai zen and i'll talk to you later peace mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.